this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week, a guest and I try to make it a little nicer for about a half an hour. We play a game, I'm the host, there is one contestant who is guaranteed to win, and I assign them points throughout the gameplay based on how much their answers to my questions cheer me up specifically. At the end, the winner receives a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice, and the winner and I each give a pep talk to cheer up a person or a group of our choice because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. Today's guest is an actor and author, one of my favorite comedians. You know him from The Chris Gethard Show and his HBO special, Career Suicide. His new comedy special, Half My Life, is available now to enjoy on Apple Plus, Amazon Prime, and Vimeo. Welcome to the show, Chris Gethard. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. So great to see you. You too. It's funny. I don't I don't know if you've caught wind of this. Sometimes people will tell me that I'm the nicest comedian, and I will often interrupt them and say, you're confusing me for Josh Gondelman. Not to just say a nice thing to you because you said a nice thing to me, but I feel like your generosity with people and your openness with other comedians and fans is, like, aspirational. Well, thanks. I try to be open, but it's funny because... I do have like um, a deep. I do have like a deep well of anger in me as well, and, <laughs> and I think that's on record. So some, I think when sometimes people just see like the forward-facing positive stuff, they don't mm-hmm. understand that with me, that's act- in many ways. I think that is an effort to kind of redefine things. Yes, but I don't. I don't think of myself as a very sunny person. In fact, I can be kind of a downer. Is how but I that, think of myself. That is a testament to how nice you are, in that you could be a downer, and people are still like. What a joy. <laughs> yeah, but see, I always get the sense that you just are legit that without <laughs> all the pathos and rage under it. But who knows? I I would say I would say I have it's less of a rage than a crankiness. Okay. See, yeah. even right there. Even mm-hmm. right there. Just that alone. Like I don't want to break stuff as much as I would like my absolute feral id is Larry David. <laughs> right. Right. I have a Larry Dave id, I guess. Whereas mine is like Jake the Snake Roberts. Speaking of reptiles, you perform comedy to alligators. I do. I do. And thank you. And it's really nice that you watched it. I'm glad you liked it. I was so excited that I that I was able to, like it became available right before we recorded. It's, it's out now to watch. I was able to watch it today and it was like a real nice boost in my late afternoon. That's awesome. That's why you make things, right? Try to yeah. Give people, give people a... A laugh here and there. <laughs> I think that's wonderful, and I think that's what, what we're here to do today. So, so let's jump into today's game. Our game today is called Half Life. Chris, your new special, Half My Life, is themed around the fact that you've been performing comedy for, well, half of your life. Today's game will require you to answer questions about various other types of halves. As always, I will judge your answers based on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. Chris Gethard, are you ready to play Half Life? I really am. Let's do it. First question. What is the best thing to order at a restaurant if you want to eat half there and then bring half home for later? The category, I think, is a sandwich. I mm-hmm. think that this is a very clear cut. You can eat half a sandwich, pack up the other half of the sandwich. It's still going to be pretty good as a sandwich. Now, specifically, I was raised in northern New Jersey, which I never shut up about. And also <laughs> has a lot of great food and Italian food in particular. And I would mm-hmm. say, I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever had a leftover meatball sub cold? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
that's one of the best leftovers you can have because it's a totally different experience. It's, you get to, it's like you get to have that second half of the sandwich and have a related but not the same mm-hmm. scenario because I was talking about this with my friend Don. Of He and I both have these vivid memories growing up in Jersey where you, 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 you go down to the shore and it's like, you have your meatball sub the night before out of the oven from the restaurant, and then the next day you're on the beach, and in the cooler you got it in the tinfoil, you open it up, and the bread's kind of soggy, mm-hmm. and the sauce is kind of soaked into it, and the bread is all spongy now. And I think that is one of the most amazing second halves of a meal you can have because it transforms, yeah. but it's just as good, maybe better. And you're not comparing it to the initial half because you're not like, oh, this is this. It's the same, but like colder. It's like a diff- yeah, it's that different experience. It's like it was a, it was like a, a a caterpillar last night, and now it's a weird, <laughs> wet, cold meat based. Bu- it's a meaty, bready butterfly. That's what it is. They should sell that. They should sell every large sub that's like have meatball sub, <laughs> have meaty, bready butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Eat this one hot as intended. Let it become something <laughs> gross but delicious by tomorrow. I haven't eaten meat in a few years. I've been vegetarian mm-hmm. for three or four years now. And every once in a while, I go, if I was going to eat meat again, it might just be a cold, old meatball sub half that came out of a cooler full of ice. That's beautiful. Like, underneath the cans of RC Cola or whatever mm-hmm. cheap stuff you got on your way That's down the perfect. shore. Now, when you cut a sandwich, do you like to go down the middle forming two rectangles or corner to corner forming two triangles? I usually go... Two rectangles. What about you? I go two rectangles as well. It makes my wife mad to the point where she says the sandwich actually tastes worse if it's not. <laughs> cut she says she's a, a two triangles person. She says she can taste a difference if it's not triangles. Wow. I I find the triangles to be more aesthetically pleasing, but I think mm. if you have a non standard bread shape, it's easier to get the halves even going down the center than corner to corner. So with you, it's sort of, it's uh, utilitarian. It's it's a symmetry. It's a yeah. desire for symmetry. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds this, good. This is a great answer. I think this answer has got to be worth 400 points right out of the gate. Wow. I think it's just, yeah, just such a, a classic. I can coast. I can classic coast. Game. Yeah, you could just, yeah, you could just let, let gravity pull you to the finish here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question. What is the best movie to put on or to catch in the middle, knowing you'll only have time to watch half of it? I'm not sure if this is a good answer, but my gut tells me that Shawshank Redemption is a really great choice because Mm -hmm. I feel like almost everyone has that movie memorized anyway. Yeah. You could pick up at any scene in that movie, and I do not need it to be explained at all what has happened before. I could cut it off at any given point and just walk through the memories. <laughs> um, so I feel like that is one in the sense that it's so imprinted on our psyche because it was, you know, on like 24 hours a day for four or five straight years there. There, there was a period in like the early aughts when TNT was essentially the Shawshank Redemption network. It's true. It was like, it was Shawshank Redemption and WCW wrestling. And that's Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. This answer is worth 210 points for the 210 minutes that it takes to watch all of the Shawshank Redemption on cable, on basic cable. This makes me think, moving forward, current generations and future generations will not know the feeling of having seen a movie, but when you talk about it, it being a socially accepted thing that you've just missed chunks because those must have been when it came back from commercial and you hadn't flipped the channel back yep, yet. Yep, or stuff that was cut out for the broadcast cable uh, version. 
Absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Or you've only seen the dubbed version of a thing. Mm-hmm. That won't be a thing anymore. I have such nostalgia for this experience. And I guess it could still happen. But like, so much less. There's so much less just like, what's on? Next question. If you could pick the programming for a Super Bowl halftime show, what would you choose as the entertainment? I think I came up with an answer that if it were to ever happen, it would be the most amazing moment of my life. And like point like destination television that I would clear my schedule for months before in. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if through some severe downfall in responsibility? Some idiots allowed Guar to perform the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. How amazing would that be? If you gave Guar the super the super you gave Guar the Super Bowl halftime budget that like Janet Jackson gets or Bruno mm-hmm. Mars gets, they would be they would build a giant penis and spray come over an entire football <laughs> arena. Guar? Yeah, this is a great answer. I would actually say it could tear a hole in the fabric of how American <laughs> society works. People would come away from that game different. A lot of sheltered middle Americans would walk away scared, and there's a lot of kids that would never be 100% under the control of their parents ever again. I think that's a great way to put it. I would love it. I would love it it so much. It would, like, I bet the number of people would set a record for number of people who don't watch the second half of the Super Bowl because they just got to think about some stuff. Yes, and who just immediately go, oh, wait, sports doesn't matter. It's never mattered. It's a construct (laughs) meant to uh, sell me me cars during commercials. I got to get out of here because Guar just rewrote the whole rule book. (laughs) The thing about Guar is they're already about sort of high-budget spectacles, like big giant latex costumes and pyro and props and stunts. Like... Guar is like so close to right, but also so wrong. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. It's like they check every box of what a Super Bowl halftime show Mm -hmm. should be, except for the content, performance, and personnel. Outside of those, (laughs) everything eerily matches up. Right, the 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 like scope of things, the sound of things, it's not like that far off. It's like, but it's like the difference between shiitake mushrooms and psilocybin mushrooms. That's well said, very <laughs> well said. <laughs> like they're both mushrooms, but are they are they the same? Yeah, like they're Latin. They, they are under the same genus, I guess. But that yeah. said, I would just love it. I would just love if like. Guar played and then in like a historic Nielsen tracking all of a sudden the viewership of the Super Bowl just steadily ticked down to zero Guar is the perfect dancer and and Guar is, is worth 100 points just for like yeah, absolutely 100% no doubt and that's and for also how many people will, the percentage of people that will stop watching the Super Bowl yes 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 next question The kind of textbook embodiment of optimism is seeing the glass as half full. But it's not specified we're dealing with a water glass, right? It's just any glass, anything in it. What is the best, let's say liquid, but if you have a non-liquid answer, that's fine, to have a half full glass of? I think the best item to have a half full glass of is, simply put, half and half. (laughs) So it's a half a glass of half and half. Half a glass of half and half. There's something that's so perfect about that comedically. It's so incredibly satisfying. I thought you might like it. I love it. 
I think because it's like it's also <laughs> there's a lot going on there. There's like the, just the sound of it, which is delightful. There is that's like more half and half than you need for anything. Uh huh. Uh-huh. At once, so you like poured it out. Like you're not gonna drink it. Uh huh. And it's half and half half milk, half cream. Is that what half and half is? I think is? that's what it is. That also makes me laugh to think that then you technically have a quarter glass of milk and a quarter glass of cream. <laughs> I like knowing that. Oh, this is a great answer. Half a glass of half and half is, is just a perfect answer. This answer is worth 400 points. Wow. Again, yeah, back to 400 because this is like 400% milk fat. Yeah. It's super butter. Okay. Okay. I'm proud of that one. It's great. Next question. Similar vein. An Arnold Palmer is half iced tea, half lemonade. What is your best idea for a 50-50 two-ingredient beverage? This one's a real struggle for me because I really care a lot about beverages. And I think Mm -hmm. an Arnold Palmer is a classic. Now, one thing about me that is true is I'm very obsessed with sodas. Mm-hmm. I really love sodas and specifically like not supermarket chain sodas, like regional soda brands. So there's a drink that I right away went, you know, the ultimate base would be Mr. Cucumber, which is a, a cucumber flavored soda that I maintain is the greatest drink on the planet. It's bottled in Florida. Oh, wow. Mr. Q with a cucumber. If you ever find this stuff, it's great. I'll so, definitely try it. And I'm sitting here, I'm going, what would be the best thing to mix with Mr. Cucumber? And then I'm sitting here going, maybe maybe Mr. Cucumber is just too good on its own. So I said, maybe actually, you know what would be a great base would be L81, which is this ginger drink um, that's very popular in Kentucky. Okay. And I really love that too. It's got some sort of like fruit overtones on a ginger ale. It's very, very good. Very old school. I'm sitting here going, well, maybe that. But I can't <laughs> think of that. Maybe that's too good on its own. And then I think to myself, what if I just go nuts? What if I just lose... My mind, it would either be the greatest match since peanut butter and jelly, or it would be mm-hmm. like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters, <laughs> man. Just don't do it. Too much of a good thing. This is a great, a great answer. This answer is worth 305, which is Pitbull's area code. Nice. Since one one of the sodas is from Florida. I really like, do you know that thing where there was some contest? I think it was Walmart was gonna have Pitbull can play anywhere. Yeah. And then people realized they could make him go to the most remote Walmart. It was in Alaska. And then Pitbull was like, screw it, let's do it, and went and did it. That's what makes that joke funniest. That's what turns it from kind of... I like that people are messing with corporations, but it's a little mean to Pitbull. But then the fact that he owned it makes it truly joyous. And I like that. It's also like I have a new affection for Pitbull after that. Where he's like, yeah, I said any Walmart. I'm Mr. Worldwide. You think I won't go to Alaska? Yeah, that's part of the world. (laughs) I am Mr. Worldwide. These are all my people. I'm not like Queen Elizabeth who hasn't visited uh, (laughs) some remote Micronesian island in decades and still claims to be the sovereign. I'm Pitbull. I'm Pitbull. I... All my jurisdiction, the sun never sets on Pitbull's empire. (laughs) (laughs) That answer was worth 305 points for Pitbull. Next question. It stands to reason that a midlife crisis would take place at roughly the halfway point of one's life. If any listeners are considering a midlife crisis, how would you advise them to allow it to manifest? Well, luckily, I've been in 
the deep throes of a midlife crisis. Okay. Genuinely. Genuinely. There's a lot of questioning, wondering if every life choice I've made is wrong, wondering if people who I used to think were friends of mine hate me. All of it. All of this stuff. Desires to quit. At one point I said, maybe I should learn how to farm and found out from other friends of mine who are older than me. Yeah, everybody during their midlife crisis at some Wants point to farm. decides they want to be a farmer. This is apparently wow. like a very common thought. And I would say the the best way to let it manifest, in my mind, something that's actually become a little bit healthier is what you do is you buy a house in the suburbs and you get really into lawn maintenance. And that Ooh. has done wonders for me. But it's clearly a midlife crisis. But it's one that I think is more positive and productive than wondering why a comedian who I used to be friends with now said a mean thing about me on a podcast. I think that that's, it's more productive to figure <laughs> out how to combat broad-leafed weeds than it is to worry about that. What is, now, well, as long as I have you here, if people yeah. are starting off on this lawn care journey, yeah. what is like a, a lawn care tip you wish you knew when you started? Well, I'm, first of all, I want to say I'm no expert. Okay. I'm still in my first year of, of recovering. Now, and, and this leads directly to your question because the reason I got so obsessed with this is because I messed up so bad that I've now spent a year since kind of fixing it. And you, it, it turns out there's a lot of research that you have to do. The main thing I would say is don't make the crucial mistake I made, which is never mow your lawn too short. Look up the one-third rule and really live and die by it. Um, effectively, the fact that lawnmowers even have a setting at one and two is inexplicable. So what happens? You mow, you mow it too short... Oh, because here's the thing. I can't not be serious. So, <laughs> I need to, I'm asking for real. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> the way that grass really thrives is by having a strong root system. Okay. And you can put a lot of stress on grass um, if you cut it too short. It really doesn't, its root system really feels a lot of duress. Whereas the one-third rule is if you only cut off the top one-third of your grass, okay. you actually don't even bag that grass up. You just let it sit there and mulch, and it will mm -hmm. feed nitrogen back into the soil. The roots will be really happy. When your grass roots are really happy, your grass spreads, and it also can fight off weeds on its own. Okay. I got invaded by crabgrass last year, and, and all jokes aside, any of your listeners who worry about their own lawn heard the word crabgrass, and they just went like, oh, this poor guy. <laughs> So that is a midlife crisis, if you've ever heard one. This is absolutely, this is one of the best midlife crises I've ever experienced. Just hearing about it, I am, it, it sounds so soothing the way you've coped with this. It sounds so productive. I'm glad that you bounced back from this year of trimming the grass too short. It was bad. My neighbors were ac actually making fun of me. <laughs> yeah. I remember once an elderly woman in my neighborhood, who's very sweet, just cackling. Just being like, and yelling. She cackled in my face and went, rookie mistake, rookie <laughs> mistake. I was like, oh my God, Marsha, we are neighbors. Let's be civil. But she's not wrong. Incredible midlife crisis plan. I think people should really consider getting really into lawn care. Uh, this answer is worth, it, it's, a, it's a, small, a small point total, but an important one. This answer is worth one third of a point based on the one third rule. Wow to keep your lawn healthy. Well done. I like how, I like the uh, full circle nature of that. Thank you. Final question. 
if you had to spend half your time as another person you transform into in kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation, what qualities would you want your alter ego to have? Like, what would what different personality would you like to try on half the time? This one, oh, if, if it all has to be personality-based, I didn't think— or, or it could be physical. I immediately thought I'd want strength and physical dexterity. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have never—I just—I I actually just the other day— was t- I was um, telling someone and I burst out laughing because I realized I'd never actually told anyone this. I've never successfully done monkey bars in my life. I'm 41 years old. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. want to do the monkey bars. I'd like to be one of those people who can like do parkour and not mm-hmm. even like train. I don't need to be in some video with a GoPro. I'm just saying like, I remember the kids when I was young who could like hop a fence without having to take like seven nervous minutes trying to get over it to not fall. Yep. And, Swinging the one leg over, just kind of jamming your body against the top of the fence. And then, like, taking the leg back down and taking a deep breath while your friends are on the other (laughs) side. Like, come on. Like, we could have just walked around the block already. Like There was, this must have been five years ago at this point, but I remember it so vividly. Do you know the Talenti Gelato? Mm -hmm. It comes in the uh, (laughs) clear plastic pint with, like, a sharp (laughs) brown top. There was a Talenti uh, that that my wife and I had purchased, and it I, I couldn't open it. I would try like once a day to open it. And I know this is like toxic masculinity or whatever, but I was like, I'm not throwing this out. I need to prove to the only other person that lives in this apartment that I am a big, strong man. And I so it wasn't after a while, it wasn't every day, but like once a week. I would be like, all right, Talenti, let's tango. And yeah. after three months, I got the Talenti open, and my wife didn't care, obviously. Were you but to so me, happy? I was so happy. I love it. I love it. But I tell you what, another good thing about being a homeowner outside of the grass is like... <laughs> the grass sounds like a mixed bag. Well, you're making me think like, again, like the toxic masculinity thing, it sucks, but there's something to be said for like, we moved into this house and all this stuff is broken. And there's been so much stuff that I tried to fix it for five minutes and made it so much more mm-hmm. expensive when I did hire someone. But I remember our garage door opener wasn't working right. And I went and watched a bunch of YouTube videos and did the troubleshooting and fixed it. And it worked. And I had to like climb up on a ladder and rearrange some wires to make it happen. That's very satisfying. Maybe, maybe there's some toxic masculinity to that. But it also feels really good. It's satisfying to solve a problem, to to like figure out a solution to something that is inconveniencing or upsetting you and the people you love. And I think that's uh, it's like wonderful to be able to fix it. I think if you were like, if I don't fix this garage door opener, I'm gonna drive the fuck through the garage door. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, that's a little toxic. Which before I was on medications would have absolutely <laughs> been a possibility, one hundred percent. This is another great answer. Strength, dexterity. I'm going to give this answer 240 points for the maximum number of days I think it would take you to train to complete a monkey bar course. Yeah, I think you're right. This concludes our game of Half-Life. Your total score, Chris Gethard, is 1,655 and one-third points, making you, by a hair, the highest all-time scorer in Make My Day history. That is the all-time high score. How do you feel? I feel really good. It's nice to win a thing. It's nice to feel like a winner. 
I'm it's glad. always been very important to me. Winning. Winning has always been a priority. <laughs> that was the name of your book, right? Yes. Winning win, is the priority. Win at all, co- win at all costs. <laughs> the Chris Gethard way. Just Never you wearing a suit weakness. standing on a guy's face. Don't you ever speak out loud about your weaknesses. Ever. <laughs> Incredible. As this week's winner and champion, you have won a $100 contribution to the charity or cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? It's not even necessarily a charity yet. That's okay. I once had a call on Beautiful Anonymous, my podcast, from a woman who her, her daughter had a rare form of cancer. And her daughter has since passed away. And she now runs an organization called Holly's Miracles. Um, that raises money to research that specific type of cancer. So I'd like to donate it there because that's a very personal connection to me. Oh, that's such a great cause. And I'll put the information for it in the show notes and on the show's social media if people want to donate. Very cool. Now, our final segment on today's show, the pep talks. We'll each give a pep talk to a person or group to people who we think might need it. I'll go first. My pep talk is for people who celebrate half birthdays. You've got to admit, it does come off a little weird to be an adult who adds and a half to their age. It's fine to claim you're eight and a half. So much of a third grader's life is wanting to be bigger, older, more empowered, faster than the linear speed of time allows. But to proudly announce that turning, say, 38 and a half as some kind of milestone might seem to some people to be, let's say, self-indulgent and a half. But I'm here to say that you've got the right idea. Celebrating the completion of 50% of a year means 100% more parties. And it's not just about people celebrating you. It's about creating twice as many chances to gather with those you love and foster community and connection. It's certainly easier on your friends than carving out a whole consecutive birthday week. That is so much planning. Even Hanukkah is only eight days, but a half birthday is kind of beautiful. Everyone deserves to feel loved and surrounded by care and enthusiasm at least twice a year. So throw the half birthday party. Do it up as big as you want. Hire a band or get a bouncy castle or just invite a bunch of people out to that one bar near your house that you like. Everyone will be glad you did. Unless you expect gifts or free drinks, in which case, maybe scale it back by half. Chris Gethard, the floor is yours for a pep talk. Yours was really beautiful and well-written. I did not write anything. I'm going to go a little bit more from the gut if that's okay. I think that's perfect. I just want to offer some words of support to all the half pints out there. All the people who are smaller in stature were labeled half pints in a way that really only gets said to, to condescend or to make someone feel small uh, by pointing out that they are, in fact, smaller. You never hear somebody called a half pint as a term of affection, you know, sometimes maybe just in a teasing way, but in a way that still doesn't make that smaller person feel good. So I just want to say that. If you're out there and the world's calling you a half pint, I think sometimes maybe you look at your size and you go, that might be true physically. But if you're somebody who's going to throw around the phrase half, half pint in, a, in an effort to make me feel bad, you're probably half pint in your heart. And mm-hmm. uh, and I would certainly take the one over the other because my size may grow depending on the, re- you know, if you're a young, if you're a kid, you're going to grow. Not everybody will grow. I'm not trying to say that. There's other people who have you know, certain lots in life, uh, born a certain... Anyway, you see what I'm saying here? <laughs> but what I will say is that uh, while one's physical stature may grow, you know, that so- somebody who makes fun of and derides and throws scorn around, their heart isn't going to grow. So there'll be a half pint in the heart forever, whereas you will someday hit puberty and be a full pint. 
It's beautiful. I think that's that's so true. That's so encouraging. I love it. Uh, and, and that's been the show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Chris Gethard. Chris, where can people find you and your work? Oh, well, right now, the thing I really hope people check out is my special Half My Life, which is on uh, iTunes and Amazon. And I found anywhere in the world you can get it on Vimeo. So if you're international, Vimeo is a good option. So it's out there. Just check it out. And I got bunch of tour dates on my website chrisgeth.com so i would love to i would love to do shows and see y'all out there and thank you for having me this was very fun and very oh, relaxing thank you. thank you so much for doing it i'm glad you had a good time the special is great chris is great live on tour i mean like so much of what a slight digression so much of what i loved about the special is how wonderfully your live performances i think translated to the special thank I thought it was so you. fun thank You're you yeah i was it, i did feel like i I wasn't sure how to get so I, I like chaos, as you know, from mm-hmm. us being in the same scene as many years you have. And yeah. like, how do I get the chaos on camera? So I think I found a way. It's not a perfect thing. It's not perfect, but I think it's funny and there's some some chaos. There's in some there. great chaos though. And it feels <laughs> it it plays great in the special. It's like so I, I think like it is one of the few comedy specials I've ever seen where I've been not only been like, oh, what a great time this is to watch in my house, but like, I really wish that I had been there to see it live. That's which awesome. Is like, it, it, that's how I feel. Thank um, you. So check it out. Half my life. If you'd like to donate to Holly's Miracles, I'll make that information available. If you have your own answers to today's game of Half Life, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman, or at Make My Day Pod. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. <laughs>